0: excited today is something we've set aside and we're calling it Imagine Sunday. And I just want to take a few moments and share with you uh, really something that's on my heart and something at the same time I'm super excited about as I just reflect back all that God has done in many ways, miracles that we've witnessed, we've seen take place, we've seen a lot of the challenges, we've seen a lot of curveballs thrown at us you know, with hurricanes and lots of uh, pivots that we've had to make and make many adjustments along the way. But I love the song that we sang a few moments ago, that God is faithful. Aren't you thankful for the faithfulness of God? And aren't you thankful that God meets us right where we are? He knows what our needs are. He knows how to step in into those given situations that we didn't expect or we didn't see coming. But God just always has a way of using what sometimes the enemy means for, for, for evil. You know, he, God wants to turn it around and use it for greater good. And we've seen so much, even through the travesty of hurricanes and the impact, you know, that that has had on our state. We've been able to, to send now uh, nearly $5,000 uh, in relief support um, to those who are in need, who have lost so much. We've seen so many people who have come through the doors of our church family who have checked out Rethink Life. Maybe they heard about us uh, through a friend or maybe they uh, Googled us, they found us online. We've had a lot of people who've been watching our services now um, literally for the last couple of years since COVID. And we've seen many of those people not only put their faith in Jesus Christ, who are watching online. Come on, everybody, let's give it up for those that are watching us online because I'm talking to you. We've seen... Many people who have watched us, they discovered us and they've watched us online and have taken the next steps. And we've actually had the, the, the thrill and the joy of putting faces with these individuals over the last, uh, in really just in recent months, who have come to the church physically to meet with us in person. And some have even given their lives to Jesus Christ. And we just give God the glory for all that he's done and all that he's doing. And people are connecting. And I love the fact that we're seeing community. We're seeing connections. A lot of people, when they come to our church, one of the things that we pray for is that when they walk away, they'll walk away saying or maybe thinking to themselves, wow, that feels like home. And that's our prayer for every person that's here today, that you will find us and you'll find people that you're next to that you will truly see as family, a spiritual family that you belong to. And I just really believe that God is going to do something great in us and through us, not only through the remainder of the time that we have of 2022, but I'm looking forward to also seeing what God has in store for us for 2023, 2023, which is hard to even say that. It's hard to even fathom the fact that we are almost literally on a new uh, year, and uh, it's staring at us. And that's the reason why I want to pause for a moment and just talk about the word imagine— you know, when you think about it, imagine is one of the greatest gifts that God actually gives to us. In fact, imagination is the sheer ability to see, and to think, and to create. And did you know that we are most like our Creator when we use our imagination, when we create. You know why? Because we serve a God who is a creative God. Do you realize that before the, the, the world was even formed into existence, God had you and he had me in his mind and in his heart. God saw all of history from the very beginning even to the end. That is still yet to come. God has seen it all. And here's the thing we need to understand. There's a Bible word for that, and it is called foreknowledge. So God had the foreknowledge. He had the ability to think and to see and to create. He spoke the world into existence. And so we have to understand that when it comes to this whole concept of imagination, here's the other thing. When we encounter obstacles and we experience maybe problems that stand between us, what happens? Oftentimes we allow those situations or those, you know, those circumstances, problems, you know, maybe some obstacles that are in our way to kind of serve as a form of discouragement. Maybe we find ourselves getting defeated because we see the problem being too big, too great. But isn't it amazing that even though sometimes we may embrace the idea when we encounter a problem that it's impossible, it's only impossible until somebody makes it possible. You ever thought about that? Everybody in here has a smartphone. You have an iPhone. You have an Android that's in in your purse or in your pocket. Maybe you got it in the palm of your hand right now. Somebody used their imagination. Somebody put a plane into flight. Somebody put a man onto the moon. All of those things on the human level was accomplished simply because somebody had the ability to think something to be possible that everybody else thought was impossible because they used their imagination. So imagination is a gift from God. God has given us the ability to imagine amazing things. Amazing things. But you know, there's also a bad side to imagination. Because the Bible also teaches us that our minds are very, very powerful. In fact, our minds also have the ability and the capacity to think evil thoughts, to think negative, destructive, toxic, even dark thoughts. There's another Bible word for that. It's referred to as vain imaginations. So we also have the power and the ability to think things that God never wanted or desired for us to think, but he's yet he's given us the ability to imagine. He's given us the ability to see. And that's why the Apostle Paul told us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, he said, "'Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So God wants us to use our imaginations to think about good things, to think about what is possible, to think about what is worthy of praise, to think about what ultimately gives him glory. And that's what we're going to be doing for the next few moments because we've set aside this day to be a day that we're going to think about, we're going to pray about, What God can do in us and through us. In other words, how we can see and how we can think ahead to what may appear to be impossible, we're gonna pray that God turns it into something that is possible. In other words, we're gonna pray that God takes the what if and turn it into the what is. Now here's the thing in Philippians chapter 3, I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul said these words, he said, never doubt, which by the way, is impossible to have faith without using your imagination. So he said, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Isn't that powerful? God is the God who thinks big because he's a big God. He dreams big because he's a big God. God can take what is impossible for you and me and turn it into possible. And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to think about some things today, and I want us to see the possibilities of what often appears to be impossible. Did you know that Walt Disney once said, it's an amazing story when you think about what the, what that individual created, what he thought, what he saw, what he imagined in his own mind related to the creation, the whole idea of Disneyland and Disney World. Here's what He said, I found this to be very inspiring. He said these words. He said, Disneyland, Disney World would never be completed. So if you work for Disney, that means you got some job security possibly. But here's what he said. He said, Disneyland, Disney World will never be completed. They will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. And I thought, When I saw that, when I read that quote, I thought, you know, that's true of us as a church. Here at Rethink Life, we will never, ever cease to continue to grow as long as we have a broken heart and a burden for the lost that are far from God, without God, who need God, who need Jesus in their life. Listen, we will never cease to grow as a church as long as we have vision for our city and as long as we are committed to the Great Commission and to the mission that God has called us to fulfill, and that is to lead people into a growing, relationship with Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. And that's what God has called us to be. That's what God has called us to do. And as long as we stay focused on the mission and we think and we dream and we envision and we imagine, there is no stopping us when it comes to what could and will take place if and only if we're willing to take the what ifs and allow God to turn them into the what is. Amen? Amen? And so today I want to share with you something and I'm going to explain in more detail here in just a, a few moments something that we're calling our imagine year-end giving opportunity to sow into the mission and to sow into the future. And it's interesting because when you see or when you look at the word imagine there's two words within that one word that I want us to focus in focus in on and that is the words I'm in. And the question is, are we all in into what God wants to turn into a possibility? Because the only way we can turn what is impossible into what is possible is if you and I, if we're all in to what God wants to accomplish in and through our lives. I want to share with you a a miracle story. It's probably the most famous miracle story in all of the Bible. There are countless miracle stories. And when you read through the scriptures and men alive, you just read and you look and you, you observe the, the amazing power of God. You just see miracle after miracle after miracle. There was a time and obviously in Jesus' life where as he started his adult ministry, he was teaching, he was preaching, and people gathered around him and, you know, he gathered there oftentimes by the sea of galilee and he taught by the sea of galilee i've stood in those very places or in the proximity of those areas where jesus taught so many of the crowds in fact we're actually going to be taking a trip to israel this time next year and we would invite all of you to go And uh, we'll be sharing in more details about that. We're going to have some interest meetings and share some specifics so you can begin praying through that, planning through that. But here's the thing. When Jesus taught the crowds, he taught things such as the Sermon on the Mount. And more and more people's lives were being changed. Miracles were taking place. And so when people saw the miracles, when they heard about the miracles, when they heard about the life change that was taking place... As you can only imagine, massive crowds began to follow Jesus. Everywhere he went, people wanted to just to get near him because of the miracles. Not only did they want to see happen, but most of them wanted to experience them for their own lives. Why? Because they all had problems in their lives. And they were looking for solutions. And they thought, Jesus must be the answer. He must be the solution that we're looking for. And so after all of the craziness and the crowds, Jesus tried to pull away. In fact, his disciples even encouraged him, hey, Jesus, you need to go take a break. And so we pick up the story in John chapter 6. It's known as the feeding of the 5,000. How many of you ever read or you've maybe you've heard that? I've taught on it before. But in John chapter 6, looking at verse 1. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. And a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. And then Jesus climbed a hill. He sat down with his disciples around him. And it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. That simply means the population was increasing. More and more people were gathering. They were moving towards that time of the year and moving towards Jerusalem. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. And so he was turning to Philip and he asked, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? And he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. I love that. He was kind of like, Pulling his chain a little bit, like, let's see what this guy's up to. Let's see what he's capable of thinking here. Let's see what he's able to actually process. So Philip replied, he said, hey, even if we worked for months, we couldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge, massive crowd? Well, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. And so they all sat down on the, grassy, on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. And after he did the, did the same with the fish, they all ate and as much as they wanted. And after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, he said, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. So really the question I want to answer today is this, how do we turn the impossible into the possible? Well, there are three things that I'll pull away from this story. And the first is we have to identify the problem. In your case, maybe you need to identify your own problem because here's what I know to be true. Because when you read the Bible, every miracle that you read in the Bible first began with a problem. And there may be some of you here today, and that's something you're wrestling with right now because you're facing an obstacle. You are staring face to face with a problem in your life. You know what? It could be something as a broken marriage, or maybe you're Marriage relationship literally is hanging in the balance right now. It could be the fact that you received recently a bad medical report or diagnosis. It could be that maybe right now you feel as though you're drowning in debt and you don't know how to solve the problem. For some of you, maybe you have a son or a daughter who has absolutely no interest whatsoever in the things of God. And in your heart, in your mind, you're thinking... I'm facing some impossible situations. But can I just say that if you can relate to any of that or fill in your own blank related to whatever problem or situation or circumstance that you are facing, yeah, you may be facing a problem, but I want to share with you and declare with you today that listen, if you have a problem in your life, that simply means that you are a candidate for a miracle to take place in your life. So you just need to understand that, listen, we serve a God who is a God- Of the impossible. I love what the scripture teaches us. The the, the scripture teaches us there in verses five and, and, and six. It says, Jesus soon saw this massive crowd of people coming to look for him. And so therefore he turned to Philip and he asked, he said, hey, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. I think with all my heart that Jesus probably was pondering in his own mind and heart. I wonder what Philip is capable of doing. I wonder if he's willing to use his imagination. And most importantly, in perhaps Jesus' mind, he was probably thinking, I wonder if he will actually exercise his faith in this process. The problem was, is that Philip didn't use his imagination. You know why? he was focusing on the problem. You know what his problem was? The same problem that all the other disciples had when Jesus said, hey, where can we buy food to feed all these people? And the problem was, is that they didn't have enough food to feed the mouths of all these thousands of people. And so they had a problem. Jesus was the miracle worker, and yet they failed to use their imagination. They 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 failed to exercise their faith when it when in other words they they failed to remember the fact that they were with their miracle worker himself. It's kind of like when Jesus, you remember when Peter tried to, you know, when when, when there was a storm that came and and uh, you know man alive, the 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 guy, the, the disciples, they were scared to death. Jesus was in the boat at the time, he was asleep and and, you know, they, they came to Jesus, Peter went, to, hey, Jesus, aren't you afraid? Hey, man, there's a storm here. We're all going to die. You know what the problem was? The problem was they forgot who was in the boat with them. And sometimes we fail to do the same thing. We fail to remember the fact that God is the God of the impossible. He can do what we alone can't do we have a problem as a church. You say, what is that? Well, our problem, unfortunately, is the fact that we don't own a building. We don't have, you know, a place, a permanent place of our own. We are a church that's considered to be portable. We have to set up every morning on Sundays, break down after church. Aren't you thankful for the amazing team, those who come to help with that? Our parking team, our setup team, and Breakdown team and, man, we we would encourage you to be a part of those teams because we have a vision of something that we could do that could be so much better and so much more effective and impactful. We just need more people to be a part of the process, to be a part of the teams. Why? Because together we can do great things. Amen? We can do greater things together. But our problem is we don't have a place that we can actually call home Uh, We're pretty much at the mercy of Orange County Public Schools. And there's so much more that we have the vision to do We have a vision to provide a permanent place that we can call home, that we actually can own. And and not only that, but it's a place where seven days a week we literally can have full service ministry that is being used of God as a tool to reach the world with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I shared with uh, you this morning, and I don't want you to take it out right now. But I want you to listen very carefully, and I shared this several months ago when we first kicked off the fall season. I shared and actually showed some photographs and pictures of what we envision as a church. And we actually have a vision of a 25,000 square foot, 25 to 30,000 square foot building. We already have the architectural plans, the design, the functionality, it's already in place. And where we have a really a vision, we envision something that would be often used or referred to as a life center. And what that basically means is, is we have kind of created four different areas that we feel like that facility could be used as a tremendous tool in order to make an even greater impact. For example, our learning center. You know, imagine a five-day-a-week early learning center child development center where we are investing and we're sowing into the children of the next generation, where they're hearing and they're learning biblical truth. But it's a a five-day-a-week program where we can offer those kinds of services and that kind of ministry impact to the next generation. I think about a place that would serve as a place of innovation and technology where It's a world-class space where people from all over Orlando, from all over obviously our community here in Lake Nona and beyond and even places around the world when people learn about the opportunity can come and they can be a part of the opportunity to tap into and to use the tools and the resources that we have in place through audio and visual um, ability to be able to You know, serve for events or maybe recording purposes or video purposes or whatever it might be to be able to leverage innovation and technology as tools to make an impact on the message or on whatever form of communication that needs to be made. In our case, obviously, it would be the gospel. Envision a place where it's known for families place for not just children's ministry but student ministries and college ministries can come together again throughout the week because they have a place they can go to a place where they can gather a place that generationally is making an impact for the glory of God. A place where we can come alongside and support and invest in and equip and to train young couples who are desiring to get married and those who are raising children through equipping them through building stronger and healthier marriages and stronger and healthier families and provide counseling services for those who are going through hard times that they just need wisdom and they need mentors and they need counseling to speak into their lives. We envision a place where events can take place from conferences to, you know, whether it's small events or large events, but every kind of event, both here in our community and beyond where people are being able to come. And literally they see our place, our church as a crossroads that intersect with the community and our city and the country and literally the world because the world is coming to Orlando where it becomes a cross section, an intersection of community and connection and Ultimately, life changed for the glory of God. These are things that we see. These are the things that we imagine. These are the things that God has placed into our hearts. But we have a problem. That doesn't exist. And the problem is, is that within a three-mile radius from where I'm standing, land values alone go from anywhere from a million to $2 million per acre. So just do the math. So when you think about what is and what is not possible, what if and turning it into what is, we have a choice. We can either focus on how big our problem is or we can focus on how big our God is. We can either focus on how far we have to go or we can also focus and give glory to God for how far we've actually gone because of what God has already done and the people who have already sown and the people who have already invested and the people who have joined with us in faith already in the past hey let's do for the future what others have already done for us in the past and so think about that we have a choice but we have a problem and we can choose to either focus on the problem and how big it is and how daunting it is or we can Focus on how big and how gracious and how extravagant our God truly is. He is the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. Think about it. Jeremiah 32, 17 says it this way. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Listen, nothing's too hard for your marriage. Nothing's too hard for that son or that daughter who has nothing, who, who wants or desires nothing to do with God. Nothing is too hard for the financial situation to the physical situation. Nothing is too hard for our situation as a church. Why? Because we serve an awesome, powerful God who is able to do the impossible. So with that, number two is, is we don't, want to limit God. So we have to first see our problem and admit the fact that there is a problem. And the problem is, as I stated, for us, contextually, we don't have a church. We need one. We don't have the money, but we know a God who does. And we also know that God wants to use you and me as a tool, as a vessel that he can channel his resources through. God could open doors and no man can shut. God can make a way where there doesn't physically or humanly speaking appear to even be a way. And we're facing all of these situations as as we speak. Because I can't begin to tell you how many people have told me verbally, you're wasting your time. It will never work. You're you are you're chasing after the wind. You're wasting your time and your people's energy by even entertaining the thought of talking to this group or talking to those people. And I hear what they say and I appreciate what they say, but I just refuse to focus on the problem. I am focusing on what God can do because I'm not about to put God in a box. God is bigger than any human box that we want to try to force him into. So here's what we need to learn through the story of the miracle of Jesus talking with his disciples and talking to Philip. And here's what he said in verses 7 and 8. He said, Philip, I love what Philip's reply was. And it, it blessed his heart. I mean, he was just doing the best he could. He said, even if we work for months We couldn't have enough food to feed all of these people. You know how much wage it would require? He was already doing the math. He was thinking, okay, there's more than 5,000 people here. So he's he's whipping out his little, gets his iPhone out, he puts his little calculator, and he's doing the math. He's thinking about cost per person, 5,000 plus, what it's going to take man, what are we going to have to do? How much is that going to require? He basically came up with a figure, Jesus, that's going to cost approximately some 200 days worth of work and wages in order for us to financially come up with the resources in order to feed all of these people. And I love what Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, did. He started thinking about, Situations, opportunities, strategies. Could somebody go tell them to stop knocking on whatever wood pieces they got going back here? This is what we get. We pay for rent here, but we don't get to own the place. But anyway, and it's expensive rent, by the way. But here's the thing. We begin to put human reasoning in place. And the human reasoning basically allows us to start focusing on the human side of things. And we begin to reason and we begin to think only what is humanly realistic, what is only possible from our perspective. And here's the thing that we need to understand. In this whole process, the disciples... Once again, we're standing with the miracle worker himself. You know what the problem was with, with Philip and the rest of the disciples in this process? The problem was is that even Andrew, who was at least trying to think outside the box a little bit and remembered this kid that maybe he encountered that he had the five barley loaves and, and the two fish. He thought, well, maybe we can start with that. But at the end of the day, they were just thinking at the human level on the realistic situation that they were staring at, but what they failed to have was expectant faith, understanding and remembering the truth that they were standing with the very bread of life. He was the fountain of living water. He had everything already at his disposal. He already had the need met. He already had the problem solved simply because he was the miracle worker that the people needed to experience. And so with that, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, it says these words. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be possible or would be impossible. In other words, Jesus was simply saying, do we have expectant faith? Because unless we have expectant faith, guess what? We'll never see the impossible become possible. We'll never see the what if turned into what is unless we are walking by faith rather than by sight. So we have to have expectant faith. And so Jesus, once again, wanted to ask them, what are we going to do? What resources do you have? How can we solve the problem? How can we meet the need? Which leads me to the third thing that we take away from this story. And how it applies to you and me is we have to do what the little boy did. And that is simply give what we have. Because in verses 11 through 13, Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks to God. He distributed to the people. And afterward, he did the same with the fish. And I love this. And they all ate as much as they wanted. You talk about the ultimate buffet line. I mean, I mean, it's like Golden Corral, man. They just kept coming back, kept coming back. Started with two fish, five little barley cakes. That's all they had. But what did Jesus do? Jesus put it his super on the natural. Jesus put his divine touch, his miraculous touch on the impossible and made it possible so much so that he turned the what if into what is and far beyond anything they could have possibly ever imagined. It goes on to say, they ate all as much as they wanted and afterwards everyone was full. And Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that Nothing is wasted. And so they picked up all the pieces and filled the 12 baskets up. In other words, he's selling everybody home with with doggy bags, with little Scooby snacks, leftovers. Left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. You know, what's interesting to me about this story that stands out so much is that the disciples first of all, had more resources that they had access to than a little boy who only had two fish and five loaves of bread. And what's interesting is that because the disciples were focused on the impossible, they thought to themselves because they were rationalizing and they were only seeing things from a human perspective, they thought to themselves, we don't have the resources to give, so therefore why even bother? And yet they had more resources at their disposal than the little boy, and yet the little boy simply gave what he had. And on the human level, it wasn't that much. Two fish, five barley cakes, but God takes what we're willing to give. Well, what does He do? He touches it, He blesses it, He multiplies it. And as a result, God does the impossible. Why? Let me tell you why. So He can get the glory. So that other people will see the miracle of what is what could be, can be, God wants people to be able to recognize the fact that we serve a God who is a God of the impossibilities. God is the God who can do the miraculous in every situation and circumstance in our lives. And when we see marriages healed, and when we see those who are, who, who are enslaved to addictions, and we see them set free, when we see young people who are turning their back from God suddenly running to God when we see situations and circumstances in people's physical lives who have nowhere to turn because they have no hope, because all the doctors have said, it is impossible. People want to know that we serve a God who has the ability to turn the what if into the what is and make all things possible. That's the kind of God we serve. And so with that, as a church... Hey, we're just believing bigger dreams and we're imagining bigger things when it it comes to what God wants to do and can do in and through each of us. And so today when you came in, you received there in your seats a little brochure. Again, I'm not going to ask you to take a minute and read through it and look at it and get distracted by it. But here's what I want you to do. I do want you to take this and at your leisure... I want you to take some time and read it. If you're married, I want you to take some time to not only read it, but I also want you as a couple to talk through it together as a husband and wife. If you're married and you have kids or you're a single parent, I want to encourage you to take what you can and say, let's do what we can. Let's give what we can and let's be a part Seeing a miracle. Let's watch what God will do. And in your mind, you might think, man alive, he's talking millions of dollars. All I have is two fish and five barley cakes. Well, guess what? All God is asking is for us to give what we can, do what we can, and let Him do what He can. Because what God can do is more than enough. And so we have some year-end initiatives some projects and needs that we need to have met because we are portable. As you can imagine, there's a lot of wear and tear. And so we have some portable walls. We had a man um, a number of years ago, 2016 to be exact, when we first... Um, had the opportunity to move into this high school. I had a man who was very gracious and he wrote a $15,000 check to underwrite the portable walls that we use every single week in our Life Kids children's area there in the cafeteria. And these walls have been a total game changer avoids us from having to do the pipe and drape, and, and plus, it's not secure because kids, as you can imagine, can pull the pipe and the drape and cause harm to themselves. They can also walk through the drapes. They can crawl under the drapes. They can do a lot of things with the drapes. So we decided, you know what, it would be better if we had some secure safety measures in place, some definitive boundaries. So all that to say in 2016, We were able to utilize those, but over the course of time, things begin to get worn down, things start breaking, things don't last. And so we're in need of not replacing all, but at least half of a lot of the panels and different things that requires in terms of the tools and mechanisms to make those walls work for security for our children. We need more technology. Many of you who are parents, you experience a lot of the technical difficulties that we encounter Uh, from week to week trying to check in children for security purposes and we want to make sure the right kid goes home with the right parents, you know what I'm saying? And so there are protocols and processes and things that we've put in place, but unfortunately because we're portable and because a lot of the things that we've been using are either obsolete or just don't work anymore, we're having to upgrade some of those pieces to help us in the process. We have a vision to put more signage and to have a greater visual impact uh, for our church as well. And you may not know this, but there is an average of 50,000 cars every single day that pass by Lake Nona High School. And so we want to be able to put more visual rein- reinforcement um, throughout Narcosi Road and other areas so that people can see and know who we are and who, wh- wh- what we are and and the opportunity for people to be able to step into this place to hear the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And These are the things that we're needing and we're praying that we can do before the year end. But then we're looking ahead of 2023. And we're putting all of our focus and energy towards our future. Now I'm gonna close with saying this. 100% of Every penny that's going to go to our Imagine, the remainder of our 2022 Imagine fund that we set aside and we put in place at the beginning of this year and actually end of last year. But everything moving forward beyond that to 2023 is all 100% going toward everything that we're believing God for related to land and our future. And here's the thing I want you to understand. The pace The pace, in other words, how fast we get there, is 100% dependent upon the pace of our generosity and giving. So we can take the drip approach, or we can take the accelerated approach, and how we get there is by everybody doing what they can. In other words, imagine has two words in it, all in. And the question is, are we willing to go all in? Some of you, that might be a little, but it's still all in for you. For others of you, maybe you can go all in to a large degree that allows us to go from point A to point B on a much faster scale. But when we all come together and we all go all in, I believe we can see the what if become what is far sooner than we could ever imagine. Do you believe that? That's the God that we serve. And so I would encourage you today to pray and ask God what he would have you to do. Would you join me in prayer as we bow our heads and our hearts together in prayer? You know, the only reason why we're doing everything that we're doing in the coming weeks and over the next twelve months, thirteen months. It's because Jesus said it best the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Over a thousand people every single week move to the city of Orlando. And there are people all around us who are far from God who need Jesus. And it is our prayer that God will use the people of Rethink Life to be a place and a people of hope, new beginnings, second chances, where people can literally stop and rethink their life, rethink, most importantly, who they're living for, what they're living for. And ultimately... Find life in Jesus. My prayer today is that if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you are watching online and maybe God has spoken to you, maybe you're facing some amazing obstacles that has overwhelmed you in your life. I want you to know that we serve a big God. and He loves you. He cares deeply about you. More importantly, he just wants a relationship. He wants to be intimately acquainted with you. If you're lacking that relationship with Jesus, today you can put your faith and your trust in him by making him the Lord of your life. And you can pray something like this to say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And By faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart today. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high as a, as a testimony to that, saying, count me in. Count me in. I just prayed that prayer. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. There are many of us here today who already have a relationship with Jesus. But maybe you've allowed the circumstances of life to cause you to grow defeated or discouraged because of the problems and the setbacks and the hardships and things that you've been walking through. And maybe from your perspective... It's impossible to overcome some of the things that you're facing. And I just want to remind you today that you serve a big God. And He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. God can meet your greatest need of your circumstances. But we got to continue to have expectant faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so today I just want to encourage you as a spiritual body, as a church family today to ask God, God, what can I do? God, how can I help turn the what if into what is? God, I have two fish. I have Some barley cakes over here and God, I'm willing to give you what I have. I'm willing to allow you to touch it and bless it and use it and multiply it however you see fit to advance your kingdom and your purposes so that more and more people who are lost can be found. Father, I pray you'll put a number on our hearts today. Lord, whatever that number is, God, that we would step forward in faith. And between now and December the 10th, or December the 11th, God, we will accelerate the vision by giving that number, doing what we can through our offering over and above, through a pledge of what we commit to over and above throughout the year of the coming 2023 calendar. And God, I pray that we'll, ex- Lord, we'll exceed expectations. Lord, we will see a miracle, that we will see and we'll witness something that we'll only be able to say like the people who experienced the feeding of the 5,000, only God could have done this. So, Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to be able to sense your voice, your still, small voice, speaking, leading, guiding us as to what you would have us do. Lord, through it all, may you be praised. May you receive glory and honor because of what you've done in and through your church. We pray this, we ask this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody, let's give God a shout of praise and celebrate with those that made life's greatest decision today. So awesome. Nothing warms my heart more than to see people who put their faith and their trust in Jesus. And today, if you did that, we'd love to know. One of the ways you can help us know is by filling out what we call our Connect card. And there on the Connect card, there is a place where you can let us know. Uh, by saying, hey, I prayed that prayer of salvation. There's a place you can put an actual little check mark. And more importantly that, maybe you're watching online, you can just put the words, I decided in the chat there. We'll send you a digital version of this little booklet. But if you're here today physically, we want to give you one of these booklets. And so on your way out, you can stop by what we call our next steps table. And uh, we would love to encourage you, celebrate in that important decision you've made and place one of these booklets into your hand. And we would encourage you to take those next steps in your spiritual journey. And then also today as a way of uh, continuing to worship through giving, known as the tithe, our offering that we bring unto the Lord. uh, We we give through, or a way we give is through our offering envelope. And you can take that, you can use it on the inside there. Uh, You can even scan um, the little QR code. You can give through text. But let's just continue to be faithful and honor the Lord in this area of the tithe. What is the tithe? The tithe is basically one-tenth. I just encourage people, if you've never tithed, just start somewhere, pick a percentage and let God do what he promises he will do. Just pick a percentage, start with there, and start building on that. But here's the thing, let's be faithful with not only the tithe, but let's pray about, God, what can I do over and above? God, what can I do to bring my two fish and my five barley cakes? And how can I sow into this year-end need? And how can I invest into the future so we can go farther faster and accelerate the vision to turn what if into what is through our Imagine 2023 initiative. So take this brochure home today, talk about it, pray through it, and let's ask God to give us a number. And let's bring that back with expectancy On December the 11th, let's see what God wants to do in us and through us. Amen.